Hello and welcome to Make Mine Mayday Audio Edition. I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood host of the website and executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Before we get started, I want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Spidey Network. Vinkman, Scott, Jurgen, Greg, Phoenician, and Kaylee, thank you for your support of this show, as well as all of our shows here on the Spidey Radio Network. Shows such as Voices from the Area Gargoyles podcast, Amazing Spider-Man Classics with Season 2 dropping very soon, CSC, Clone Saga Chronicles, uh, the final episode dropping very soon as well. Of course, we also have the Spectacular Radio, the Spectacular Spider-Man podcast that was completed here on the show, or on the network, excuse me. And of course, we have all of our shows are available on our various podcasting platforms, such as Apple, Google, Spotify. Be sure to give us a five-star review and rate us on those various platforms. Helps us helps people find the show. Leave us reviews. You can leave us a review on on those particular platforms. You can leave us reviews on. Let's send us an email, makemymayday at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 818-925-6631. And of course, uh, we want to also let everybody know we do live stream these programs, so we give our disclaimer at the beginning of every episode. Pay us no mind as we uh, go through and uh, make some references to visual aids. Be sure to check us out if you like. If you want to know more, go on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Network. Of course, you can always find everything at makebymayday.com and spidey-dude.com as well. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening here on the Audio Edition. And we will see you very soon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Make Mine Mayday, the show all about Spider-Girl and her world. I'm Zach Joyner, the webmaster of Spidey-Dude.com and the executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. This episode, we're going to be covering issues 93 through 96 of the first volume of Spider-Girl. And as always, I am joined by Kelly McDaniel. Hi. You, uh, it, it sounded like you forgot my name for a second. No, I, I was trying to click. I was, I was removing the, uh, the overlay. Ah, <laughs> I so didn't forget. Where are you? Is this just me on the screen right now? Yeah, right now I just, uh, then you got me, of course. Hello, I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood webmaster and host of the pro, co-host of the program, co-host with Kelly. So, hello everybody. Um, as we get people on, we'll uh, get started, but um yeah, so welcome back to this episode of Make My Mayday. Uh, I'm excited to uh, cover these four issues. Are you, Kelly? I I mean, this has one of my favorite silly silly stories. It's actually very heavy, and we'll talk about it, but it's got one of my favorite stories mm-hmm. of the whole thing, and we'll go into it because I, I don't think you've got over my notes, but uh, I, have I have a no- lot to say. I have a lot yeah. to say. <laughs> Kelly always has a lot to say, if you have not noticed. Wow. <laughs> comes to spider girl she always has a lot to say it's not it's not like he's lacking for things to Clarify. say yeah 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 that was not meant to be an insult i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> that was meant to be endearing i'm sorry no that yeah, was it's fine, it's fine. No. oh we got already a couple of comments uh yes and hey zach hey kelly mr comics one of our new uh oh, hey. our new subscribers um i also would be remiss not to mention it and i think are I, you gonna mention his okay yeah, I want to mention his YouTube page. Uh, go to YouTube. Uh, I think it's YouTube.com slash Mr. Comics 89. Uh, I think that's his YouTube page. Oh, I was, well, I was going to talk about his, um, he did a, uh, like painting, a spider girl painting. It's on his Facebook or Instagram. Oh, really? Okay. That's awesome. 
I, he just subscribed to the channel, and I, I was I, I was checking his stuff out. He, he he's done a few unboxing videos I saw the other day. Nice. Uh, also, I did want to mention that we do have some new patrons. <gasps> new patrons. Yes, uh, we got Vinkman, Scott, Jurgen, and Greg. But Phoenician and uh, I think it's Kaylee is how that's pronounced. Um, Kale. 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 I I don't know. Uh, Kay yeah, Kaylee, Kale. I don't. Yeah, I, I that. Please tell us how to pronounce your name. I have messaged them. Hopefully, they'll get back to me uh, before the next episode. I told them they were going to start getting their names read this week. So, okay. uh, yeah, they, they became patrons this week. So, thank you for your subscription to Patreon.com/slash Spider Network. We got some more stuff, especially in the month of March coming. Uh, I guarantee it. So that is really really exciting. But yeah, that was the first uh, couple of new first new patrons we've had in a while. So that's awesome. Yeah, awesome. So, so I, while I, we're waiting on people to come, you know, come on in, mm -hmm. uh, we have some housekeeping because you have an editor's note for the last episode. So Kelly and I literally were talking right after we got done recording and I, when you realized I, I, it was like, oh no, I forgot something. So <clears throat> to re to kind of briefly recap, uh, <clears throat> there was a plot point where the spider girls were saving the spider shop and they, and they're the, um, the high school group and everybody were the, the underdogs were coming together to save the spider shop. Well, that's definitely an allegory for the fandom and them coming together and saving spider girl. And I think that that was <clears throat> a very subtle way of doing it. And I cannot believe I missed it. In my in my notes and in my discussion and even in my recap, so they're rallying together to stop that sa save that evil corporation. I'm using the air quotes, uh, kind of like how the fans, of course, saved it from the corporation of Marvel. So sorry, guys. Last week was a crazy week for the both of us, and both of us missed it. <laughs> but I especially missed it because I I was the one that was like realizing it right after we got done recording. So. Um, because I, I, I know that that was something that they stuck in there on purpose. And so, uh, but you have some news about popping a box there, Kelly. <laughs> 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 the bane of our. Um, yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, the 18th came and went. It's now uh, February 24th at the time of us recording this episode. Yes. And no pop in the box. Uh, nothing has been shipped out. Um, according to what I've heard, and I've heard multiple little things because they can't keep their story straight. Uh, it's either going to be July, which is a full year since the pre-order, or September, which then that's way too freaking long. Um I honestly have no clue, and I should have stayed on them and bugged them every day, like I promised. But I'm burned out by this. Also, I really needed to focus on my own job instead right. of like, because it is almost a full time job to stay on top of PIB to at least get them to answer us. Um, oh, I, so it, it, you're absolutely right. I mean, it they're, 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 it is so frustrating. This has been the most frustrating experience. Um, yeah. And I know we both were telling people to get this. And then, you know, if I, you're. I feel horrible. Like, yeah. if I had known, like, honestly, truly, if I had known that this was going to wind up, like, you know, there would be international sellers and, um, you know, we could get it elsewhere, I would have looked for those. Mm -hmm. um, I honestly just want, like, because 
really the difference right now is the sticker. And I know for a fact that they're actually shipping out other items. They're not this delayed on anything else. So it's not a sticker issue, like I thought. This is just straight up stupid. I really don't know what's going on. I feel horrible for anybody that pre-ordered it on Pop in a Box. Uh, you can get an international version pretty much everywhere now. I think even local comic shops have gotten them. From uh, There's an Australian uh, retailer that ships worldwide, Aussies. So it's like at this point, screw I, I, it. Like, I'm, I'm I don't... at that point now with it. Because yeah. like, you can't tell me that. You know, I, I'll believe it when I see the whites of Mayday's eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's not like, you know, I didn't get this off eBay back in December. Exactly. And, and, and it shouldn't have taken that. It, you know, had they been honest and upfront and said, you know, even said, if they had given us it. Listen, if they'd even told us supply chain issues are, are a thing right now and we can't get we can't get our hands on. There's, on our, there's our no communication. There's zero communication unless we are bugging them. And I'm talking about like, it feels like I have to bug them 10 days straight before they get an answer. And I know for a fact that like, they've got to know me by name. I've literally sent emails to everybody in uh, I IHG, which is the owner of the company. Um, <laughs> it, listen, you get Kelly, uh, you know, you, you get her to where she's, she's, fighting mad and she's been fighting mad over this because i work in corporate this is not yeah. how this works this is not customer service this is not what you're supposed to do you train like you help train people on how to do or you've done it in the past where yeah, you yeah. how, to, how to operate in customer service it's not like you don't have an experience with that so i, I did want to point out mr comet's comment uh, he has a huge lot of spider girl 1 through 50 coming from ebay including a nice. what if which is super exciting that is awesome dude that is cool. awesome. You're a very, very lucky man. I, I sincerely hope that they're in pristine condition, and I hope that there's an unboxing video. And uh, if there is, then we'll uh, we'll link it uh, here on the channel. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, uh, there is some spider history we'll talk about. Uh, Vaitman wants you to uh, rip and tear until it's done. <laughs> I mean, this is my thing. I. I think it's very toxic, like the rip and tear stuff. I think it's really taxing to s constantly keep saying that. Like I'm trying my best not to be negative all the time. Right. It's like, unfortunately, this is very frustrating. And I have done my best to be as kind and nice as possible about it. Right. But at but some point, it's just insulting. And it's insulting to the fans. And it's leaving a bad taste. Because I can tell you right now, when we get them, if we actually get them, Mm -hmm. ever yeah they're gonna sit there and then state that you know we were so horrible to them or we didn't appreciate them or whatever so they don't want to do any more spider girl stuff with piab when it's like no <laughs> like, we need to, like it's all on them and how they've treated us and it's not just us they've done it to other people with other pops too right they like lie that, that's the issue. They they're just straight liars. Yeah, they're 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 taking people's money and not delivering what is expected. In, and in a timely manner. Yeah. 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 It, it'd be different if there was communication all along the way, but because they don't communicate, because they're not being timely, that's that's the issue. So, um, I you know I think until we get a substantial update, this probably will be our last update for a little while. <laughs> uh, yeah, unless I can get a solid answer. 
Yeah. Or we get like an apology. Honestly, I'm not going to talk about it. Um, I'm sure we'll be back to recording in July. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about it closer to July. Uh, but like, you know, as, as we have stated, we're going to take the month of March off. Uh, minus may- maybe an extra, like one episode here, you know, here or there. I know April, we're not really going to like, uh, I think April is our little uh, last planet standing. And then we'll start back up with Amazing in May. Yeah. Uh, so you know we're we're gonna start taking a little break anyway. Um, yeah, we, we gotta we gotta get some recharged. Um, during that break, I'll be working on. Uh, we'll have more ASM classics. Uh, season yeah. two's gonna be launching. Um, I've got some interviews that I'm trying to nail down and get conducted. Mm-hmm. So that'll be probably for the month of March. Won't be for necessarily for this yet, but I am trying to nail some stuff down on that front but uh definitely for the other show on the network as well yeah um yeah uh, no i mean like we'll we're we'll still like clearly we're not going anywhere but we are trying to take especially where we're going through the different volumes Mm -hmm. different titles we do want to take a little bit of an extended break just to rest recharge give give you guys time to spread the show out especially now that there's like this thing that you can kind of binge listen to or binge watch on YouTube. Exactly. Help spread the word, uh, spread the gospel of Mayday. And, uh, <laughs> Let us you know, and, the gospel yeah. of Mayday. Sorry. And also, my... you know, just give us time to kind of mm-hmm. get our bearings. Cause... Exactly, and, and, I, and I'm uh, I've got literally tonight. We have a, the the next episode, the next audio edition that I've, I'm releasing. I thought I released it on Monday, but it did not release because you know WordPress. Uh, but yeah, it was a it, holiday. It, yeah, it was, yeah, I took a holiday. WordPress did. <laughs> so we're uh, we'll get caught up on all the audio editions. Speaking of which, if you're an audio listener, <laughs> should give this disclaimer earlier. But you know, this is a live show. We do live stream these shows so any references to those visual aids are because we're live streaming them on youtube so be sure to like share and subscribe on youtube as well as leave us a review on your favorite podcasting catcher so speaking of which i checked uh, earlier i didn't see anything on apple so um i haven't got anything lately i, I got one for one for clone soccer chronicles the show we haven't updated over here that's, okay. that's fine yeah i mean it's it's apple it okay. is so, it is. You know, most- Clone Saga Chronicles. There's something I covered a lot on Clone Saga Chronicles that's pertinent yes. to this episode. What a second. history time. Yes. Yes. So, okay, kids, I'm going to educate you on a big plot point that's going to be running kind of through these. Um, so, during the, so, you see, during the Clone Saga, Spider-Man Clone Saga, there was a guy named Judas Traveler. He showed up and was trying to understand the nature of good and evil, and he dressed like a bad Steven Tyler... Um, 80s hairband reject. Uh, he's unimportant, truthfully, to, to this story. But one of his associates was the Scryer, and he was someone who showed up a lot throughout that period of time. Uh, eventually, uh, he was kind of portrayed as this omnipotent being, all-knowing, all-powerful, hooded, cloaked being that was all white, and you know, kind of just 
was a presence in the books, but very mysterious. He always was in the shadows, uh, kind of like Kane. So if Kane was in the shadows, uh, Scryer was in the shadows, there was a lot of shadowy men during the Clone Saga. So very much a trope during that period. But uh, later on, Tom DeFalco revealed that Scryer was not just one man. It explained how he could be in multiple places at once, right? But he was, in fact, not an omnipotent being, but a brotherhood that Norman Osborn had infiltrated as a secret society in Europe. He assumed a leadership role, and their job was to keep tabs on Judas Traveler, the Jackal, and the Parker Bros. After Norman was driven crazy by the Gathering of Five, he was grabbed up, and they re- and he rehabbed them. He was rehabbed by them. Uh, they were kind of like the League of Assassins, but they also worshipped a demigod that called himself Scryer. That's where they got the names. That was actually seen in a Silver Surfer issue that took that actually was released after the Clone Saga, written by John Mark DiMatteis. So that hopefully gives you um, some context for the uh, for the character of Scryer. Why? Because we're going to get into Spider Girl ninety three, and I have the breakdown of Spider Girl ninety three. So you do. Uh, you forgot the title, so I, I did add the title for you. Oh, thank you. I I, <laughs> I appreciate. Very that. important. It's a very important title. So Spider Girl ninety three, the breakdown by me. Uh, I'll do the first breakdown, then Kelly's going to do the middle two issues, and then I will do the last breakdown. So, uh, if he wanted the Scryers, anything that had to deal with Clone Saga, he he, he had he had asked for. It, it it warms the cockles of my heart. All right, so this was released on December seventh, two thousand and five, with a cover date of February two thousand six. The title of the issue is called "Something Osborne This Way Comes," written by Tom DeFalco, uh, Ron, art by Ron Friends and Sal Buscema. Our issue opens with Mainframe calling Mayday to the proverbial principal's office, so to speak, after she disobeyed the direct order from him in last issue with the, in front of J2 and Stinger. He wants to determine her future with the Avengers, and J2 is shocked, and Stinger just kind of wants to understand what was going on with Mayday at the time. J2 is willing to give her Mayday the benefit of the doubt, and Stinger feels that they can handle this without a formal hearing, but Mainframe storms off. May throughout all of this isn't really taking it seriously, and Stinger rightfully chastises her for it. Of course, they're down a few people because this takes place after Last Hero Standing and after the events of that particular series. Uh, the Avengers are kind of, um, you know, having to rely more on their reserves than they were before because they were a lot of injuries and people were in the hospital, et cetera, et cetera, or they're in rehab. I mean, they they also they they did lose Captain America. Like, yeah, and like American Dreams, obviously taking time to mourn the loss of her hero, Captain America. Um, so that's also why uh, Dreams not there. But uh, so she uh, Stinger inquires, continues to inquire about the Osborne situation because she given her given her some intel about about Normie, and Normie has been obviously avoiding her for these last few issues. So, but Mayday then makes an excuse and heads out and leaves. Meanwhile, Kane and Whedon are discussing the Os- that same Osborne situation, and Whedon wants Brenda to spy on Normie, and she's obviously very uncomfortable. Agent Whedon doesn't want her to have any regrets. I, I paused for dramatic effect. Back at school, <laughs> May and Davida are, ta- are talking not taking while may is out is working on homework davida wants may to cover for her while she goes out uh, because there's a a house party that's being uh, conducted on a school night maybe kind of objects this is kind of ironic because she's like you want me to lie when mayday's been 
Okay, it's not ironic. We'll talk about it after, but yeah. I I know I understand where May's coming from and I will defend this because this is a serious thing. I don't don't it like is. it. Didn't like it in high school when my friends asked. I don't like it now. So I like it. I, I I understand where May's coming from. I, I just you know, I, there was a little irony to the fact that she's having she was being asked to lie and she was she's obviously in her head about things because she's really upset that she's having to lie to people about Normie, especially. So May takes off and kind of broods later when she sees a goblin. She thinks in her brain that this is Normie. Meanwhile, Brenda is trying to convince Kane that she can't, in fact, spy on Normie when Kane has a precognitive flash. We see some hooded men with white faces. He also saw Spider Girl. Next page. And the Green Goblin is taking on some thugs and he lifts a tractor trailer? They stop and fire bullets at him and he throws a tire back at them. Mayday shows up and tells him to kind of ease off when he excitedly tells her about her new powers. Basically revealing to May that this is not, in fact, Normie. This is uh, this is her Uncle Phil. Uh, Mayday Spider-Sin start, starts to go off and we get a full page splash of Venom? Uh, no, it's not. Venom, that. Dusk, what, what, yeah. what, what, what is his name? Eggs. <laughs> uh, well, if it was Dusk, it'd have been a full, full fate, like, like the yeah, it's thing. you know, bit, bit of old fandom history back it's... when people would call him Dusk because there mm. was Dusk on. Uh, is it? I think it's this cover, this issue's cover, right? Yes, yes, this issue's cover's got the uh, got the multi arms. And it says deadly is the du deadly is the dusk. And yeah. dusk is a uh, character when uh, it's a special suit that Peter wears in one point of the six one six. So everyone thought everyone kind of used the name dusk to talk about this venom because <laughs> he doesn't want to be called venom. Um, <laughs> but we'll get into how he can't he can't figure out a good name. Uh, if you want to hear more or see more about Dusk, uh, a good place to uh, go is um, SpiderManCrawlspace.com this weekend with Kelly talking about the uh, Slingers issue of the of Amazing Spider-Man, uh, the Point the Dot issue, and uh, that's where one of the Slingers is Dusk. So uh, based on the costume that Peter wore during the Identity Crisis storyline that she was just talking about. Yep. So meanwhile, back at the Parker House, we see Christy. MJ's cousin from the Jerry Conway Spectacular Run. <laughs> uh, she's going to stay with Peter and MJ while she gets her own place. She's been hired by Normie. It's a bit of a deep cut uh, for those that don't know, and they say this in the dialogue. Uh, she was once Normie's nanny after uh, his dad died in the early 90s. Peter and MJ are caught a bit off guard. She also uh, had a crush on Peter back in the day, so it's kind of funny when she's like, you looking good, Peter. I'm like, oh, I understand that reference. Uh, back at the... Christy. <laughs> yeah, Christy, Christy, Christy. She's a bit of a mess. Uh, back to the other action. Mayday is trying to talk to Normie, but of course they're kind of, you know, Play, I wouldn't call it play fighting, but they are kind of duking it out a little bit. She gets Maggie gets filled in on the situation. Normie wanted to upgrade Phil's tech and use it for good, and Normie insists that he's in control of the symbiote. But Mayday is obviously not feeling that she's like <laughs> that. That this is a true statement. <laughs> Meanwhile, 
while they were talking, the goblin finishes off the bad guys. When Kane shows up, talking about the Order of the Goblin and the Brotherhood of Scryer. Uh, Order of the Goblin was a subsect of the Scryers uh, that were completely devoted to Norman because there were still elements of the Scryer organization that weren't oh. necessarily... Yeah, and this is where we get along. Yes. So Brenda has also followed Kane, who is he's the Kane is acting manic and doesn't make any sense to anybody other than me. <laughs> and and Kelly. Uh May's phone has been ringing on and off uh, throughout the uh, the fight and the conversation and Normie and Mayday are uh and Normie and May are going to assist are running off to assist Phil. She thinks that the phone call is from Davida, but it's actually the Avengers, and Mainframe is pissed. So he then goes to his chambers where he decides to go talk to the Wizard of Oz, a.k.a. Tony Stark, to sound off for some advice. But instead of giving sound advice, because it, 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 Tony has... He went to the wrong person for sound advice. <laughs> exactly. He basically said, uh, Tony basically says, uh, you're not doing a good enough job, so I'm taking over. He's enlisting Hawkeye, Ant-Man, Scott, not Hank, Scarlet Witch, and his personal bodyguard. Meanwhile, Kane continues to fight the goblin when Normie comes in and interrupts. Brenda thinks it's Venom because, come on, he looks like Venom because he's even got the spider insignia. Mayday steps in between Kane and Phil, telling them to grow up and to stop fighting. Normie takes Brenda aside and tells her a secret, and she does not take this well. Kane is super pissed and accuses Normie of being behind the, his vision when Mayday touches his hand, revealing to the world and to her that she will be killed by a hooded man with some spikes. Mayday sees it. Kane tells her in no uncertain terms she must stop being Spider-Girl. To be continued. Kelly, your, right. your thoughts. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I think most of the story kind of tells itself. There's not, like, a whole lot involved, uh, but really it's like, I get why May feels uncomfortable with Davida. And I know that like they're it's trying to be set up like, oh well, you know, she's hidden this secret about Normie the whole time. But the thing is is that she trusted Normie to kind of take care of this himself because he said, hey, I've got this. I have good intentions for this. Versus Davida's wants her to lie so she can go party and do things that she's not supposed to do as a teenager on a weeknight that her parents aren't cool with. And it's just there's different intentions in that lie. And so I understand because I refused to do this in high school for my friends and would tell them that it's disrespectful. Not just to like their parents, but also the person they want to lie. It's just not cool. Um, but let's see. I think the only thing I would really want to talk about this issue with is just like. I don't know. I might have to talk about it later, but it's, you know, Normie is a big dork. And I really appreciate and am relieved that he brought Christian because, like, Will or Christian will um, talk more about that later and why she's important and why he did that. Um, but to me, it shows a lot of like maturity and forethought. Like, he's really thinking this through. And, you know, he knows he needs someone around him that can kind of tell him like it is when he needs it and you know it later on we'll learn about the fit like 
Christie is kind of more of a failsafe when it comes to the formerly murderous alien that's to him. Right. Uh, but, you know, he didn't have enough foresight to, like, maybe think that Brenda wasn't going to take that very well. Because, like, too, that's such a dramatic, like, I'm going to tell you who I am while we're fighting things. Look, it's me. You should be happy. Like, no, because she's not stupid. <laughs> like, right. We'll get more into, like, this side of Normie that I enjoy, but he is he is a uh, very smug dork. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, this is this is a plot point that, that starts here and really goes through the rest of the volume, and you'll understand when by the time we get to the end why. But yeah, um, like, look, like I. I'll be honest, like, once once we start going with him as Venom, mm-hmm. or him in the symbiote, like, it's it's a lot of fun. Like, honestly, like, 94 and 95, as we'll talk, like, it's one of my favorite stories, because I just, I wish we could have gotten more of mm-hmm. him trying to be a superhero, because, like, it's not like he's inept. Like, you know, he doesn't struggle like Phil. He does think things through. But there's this smugness. And it's like, dude, you're not some veteran. Like, <laughs> he's um, it'd be like, okay, it'd be like, it, 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 if you remember the the brief time, there was a very very brief time in the '80s that Harry tried to be a hero goblin. Yeah, no, yeah, and it's it's very similar. Like to me, it almost like I almost want to say like when he acts this way, ninety-four, uh-huh. ninety-five, it's almost like a mixture of. Peter and Harry, and I'm just like, so is Liz not involved? And this is just her son, um, because that's literally yeah. how he acts. He does act that way, very much so, very, very much so. And it's, I mean, I I enjoyed it. So, speaking of which, do you have any thoughts about this issue? So, so um, again, Normie should have communicated this. Beforehand, obviously. Communication. What's that? Yeah, um, communication goes a long way. Uh, the other thing I want to—I also personally want to touch on because if this is like your first time watching or first time listening to an episode, and you're just you know listening to the latest episode and then going back and catching up, we cover a lot of Kane's backstory, particularly in the Dark Devil episode. But the precognitive flashes were is is that Kane is a uh, deformed clone of Peter, and as such, he has certain abilities that are augmented. So instead of having a spider sense that warns him of danger, Kane has these very painful, uh, vivid visions uh, and precognitive flashes. So uh, her with Mayday being able to see this, it also shows the evolution of the spider sense from Peter to Mayday and how much more sensitive that spider sense is. But this is the only time this is the only time she sees it. Right, 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 right. But but because, like it's like they got synced up for that one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not something that Peter had ever experienced because there was you know, Kane was getting those flashes during the clone saga, but Peter had no idea what he's seeing. So uh it just goes to show the the minute small differences between Peter's spider sense and Mayday's. So a uh, very subtle thing, and you probably wouldn't notice that when you're 
unless you knew the history of Kane and why his powers are the way they are. So, yeah. Uh, all right, I turn that over with that to you, Spider Girl 94. Yes, yeah. So, um, cover date is March 2006. It was released on January 5th, 2006, and it's called Old Soldiers. Um, so, May can't get the vision out of her head after a sleepless night. Her mind is still on how she felt the pain from Kane's vision and thinks about what she needs to do. She could stop being Spider-Girl or she can learn everything about the Scryers and try to prevent the vision from coming to fruition. She heads downstairs planning to talk to her dad about the Scryers when, well, Hurricane Christy is in the kitchen cooking uh all all the things it looks like particularly crepes and destroys mary jane's kitchen in the process and this is a bit of character development for anyone who isn't aware of christy um you know as we've stated she's mary jane's cousin who came to live with them at one point and even lived in aunt may's house uh when there was like a boarding house situation yes and her most known storyline is her eating disorder Yes. Yes. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, at least I hope that this is more of like really good character development and it's not like she's pushed because it looks like she's cooking all the things. So it's almost to the point of like, it looks like she might be back to binging levels, but I don't think that's where they were going here. I think they were going to show that, you know, she's kind of still conquered her eating disorder but from the looks of that kitchen, I, <laughs> what, what is she doing? Um, so, Let's dirty up. That'd be like my daughter coming in and trying to cook. That's how I kind of feel about that scene. I think that that's exactly what that scene is. Um, but I wrote G's Christy. Uh, so anyway, Christy leaves the kitchen an absolute mess as she is on her way to work at, to Osborne Chemicals. Which has it been Osborne Chemicals this whole time? And we've just called it Oscorp, or is this the first time that we see it's called Osborne Chemicals? This is, uh, I wish Bertoni were here because this has been Bertoni's biggest pet peeve. It wasn't until around this time that they started calling it Oscorp, but it wasn't until after the films came out that it became much more commonplace. It really started with the 90s show. That's who created the phrase Oscorp. But usually it was either Osborne Chemical or Osborne uh, Manufacturing. Okay. Or Osborne Industries. That's the, that's I, the name that's, of the comics. I believe, I believe we've seen it prior, Osborne Industries. Yes. Leading up to this particular issue, and this is the first time we see Osborne Chemicals. Yes. Someone can call me out if I'm wrong and I've just skipped over it. Right. Um, but yeah, so I think that that's, because that always struck me as like chemicals. Um, but May isn't really sure she you know if she should warn christy about the symbiote or warn the symbiote about christy (laughs) (laughs) which i think i think that was normie's plan all along in the first place Uh, so at the avengers compound j2 is sparring with hawkeye and scarlet witch as cassie talks to her dad because tony's whole idea about getting the crew back together after the events of last year's standing honestly screams like midlife crisis to me and to cassie and a lot of these Avengers that have been out of service for a really good bit probably shouldn't go immediately back into the field. And so Cassie is 
very cautious. Um, <laughs> I don't like, know. Scarlet Witch was in a coma last week. I mean, well, no, that that's I, what I wrote. I was like, even Scarlet Witch was in a coma. I think like it was like we could push it to maybe three months ago. Like, right. <laughs> she's this really doesn't seem like the best plan. Um, so even mainframe seems pretty apprehensive about the situation and talks to the bodyguard, AKA we've kind of already blown that it's Rhodey. Um, but not Rhodey because we learned that Tony is using his cyborg esque friend as a mouthpiece and talking through him, which creeps me out. It feels weird. We'll learn why it's weird later, like through these two issues, but it literally, this is a like Jordan Pill get out levels of weird. <laughs> As you guys know, Rhodey is War Machine. Rhodey is Tony's best friend. Rhodey is not a cyborg. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> right. And also, like, lingering, this has been a lingering plot thread. The mystery of Tony's bodyguard has been one of those things in MC2 has been, it has been kind of a dangling thing for a while. Yeah. Cause yeah. Uh, May calls him Fred because she doesn't know his name. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't have a superhero name. Like, yeah. what, what bodyguard, the, what member of Tony Stark's entourage does not have a superhero name? Even when he was Rhodey, he was War Machine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't understand. Mm. Yeah. Super Rhodey? Maybe, maybe the last human movie he ever watched was The Bodyguard. I mean, he's a Whitney Houston fan. He has a Whitney Houston fan. That's what my headcanon has, has accepted now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, at Midtown High, uh, Moose is talking to Courtney about how his dad is finally uh, starting cancer treatments, but is refusing to take medical leave from his job. And Moose is concerned that this isn't the wisest choice for his father uh, to do to get better, which Courtney tells Moose that, you know, this is new for his, his dad, too. And he his dad needs to find you know the cancer journey that works best for him and take it one day at a time this makes uh may think about her parents and how upset she'd be if anything happened to them unintentional foreshadowing mm -hmm. uh same <laughs> she figures the same thoughts um you know that they these are probably the same thoughts they have whenever she goes out into her webs and May then thinks back and goes, maybe I should give up this spider girl thing, especially with the Squire situation going on. But sometimes the smartest choice is not the right one. And she knows that giving up and kind of not being spider girl anymore is not the right one. It's not right to run away. So we get back to Avengers. Tony is speaking through the body of Rhodey and tells the Avengers that he's learned from former employees that have clearly broken NDAs, that Normie is making weapons and clearly looking to start up a life of crime again. So <laughs> instead of doing the smart thing and asking, you know, well, I wrote, I was like, I guess they're not direct competitors at this point, but like he literally could just go to the business as Tony Stark and ask Normie what's going on you know, set up a meeting and do this a, a little, a little bit better. Uh, but 
No, he wants the Avengers to privately or to spy on private citizens for no good reason, uh, based solely on rumors, because he has not seen any of this himself. Mm. And Tony, again, speaking as Rhodey, seems to not trust Spider-Girl. And I wrote again, this screams midlife crisis to me. Uh, Tony, stop. And I also wrote, also talking through your dead friend is really morbid and weird. Stop. Get a look. So, yeah. So Scott totally does as asked. No question. And gets ants to spy on Normie, who is talking to his fiance and friend, of, you know, talking to Phil about how Brenda has been asked by Whedon to spy on him and report back about the weapons. And if he hears about, you know, and if he hears about the symbiote, there's going to be a lot of trouble. Brenda doesn't know what to do. And she's really upset by everything, clearly, and understandably so. But Normie is super calm and says that, you know, he has a plan for like everything. And he has a plan to even get her out of the program with Whedon so she doesn't have to deal with the government stuff again. Um, and the ants then report back to Scott about the symbiote being there, attached to Normie. And well, they, things go south fast. Um, things escalate all, quickly. Huh? Things escalate quickly. Yeah, they, they do. Um, Stinger calls Spider Girl to make sure she's all right. Because, you know, last time Stinger talked to Spider Girl, she asked her to spy on Normie. And now they know Venom is there and Venom is a sim like is a technically a serial killer alien makes sense um so anyway stinger is worried about spider girl <laughs> uh, to make sure she's all right and tell her that they are sending a team to apprehend normie after finding out that he's harboring a serial killer so may starts freaking out she's kept normie's secret for weeks now and while she isn't on board with this whole thing and doesn't quite trust that normie is in full control she does still need to warn her friend normie won't answer his cell phone so she starts heading to the staircase to change and head over when she runs into Moose. Moose wants May's advice on his situation with his dad and May agrees with Courtney. Moose's dad needs to live his life on his own terms. And just because the most logical choice is staying home and focusing on his health, it doesn't mean that it's the right choice for him. Mm -hmm. Courtney overhears and is a bit confused and hurt that moose would listen to may but not her and i wrote that's fair court because rude moose uh so the avengers get to oscorp and christy tells normie that he has very important visitors he can't brush off so normie greets them like a dork and like he literally says how can i help these fine gentlemen and lady which is smug just smug dorkiness and pretentiousness and i would have i would have decked them too like <laughs> fair uh so hawkeye mainframe and tony through jim's eyes uh sees venom is attached to normie and then tony slash jim strongholds normie which triggers the symbiote to attack in defense which again fair uh and since jim uh, Rhodey flying and almost crashes into Spider Girl. May May is too late. Um, as Rhodey is extremely rude to Spider Girl, telling well, it's Tony 
Tony, it's Tony still. It's Tony slash Rhodey. Is, yeah. is extremely rude to Spider-Girl, telling her she isn't invited to the fight. No girls allowed other than Wanda. Apparently. Wanda doesn't count. Wanda <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> More powerful um, than else, but that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> or anyway, but, you know, literally, it, it literally reads, you're not invited. Uh, but, <laughs> um, Tony, you're not and, 12. And as, again, this is a midlife crisis, Tony. This is straight uh, up midlife crisis, and you can't uh, tell me otherwise. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, Spider-Girl gets to Normie's office, and we see that the Avengers and Phil and Brenda are kind of in a standoff while Rhodey and Normie are fighting, and J2 is confused because Normie was only defending himself, and it does not require this, like, standoff situation there's no reason to charge into battle with other superheroes over this which mainframe agrees <laughs> and if mainframe agrees with j2 and spider girl so you know something's wrong so spider girl gets in between normie and roadie to stop their fight and then normie calls jim cape man so you know this is going very well wonderful insult there very, very astute. Very, very smart. <laughs> no, it's just, it's, I literally, when I was rereading it, I read it in uh, Tom Hardy's Venom voice, and it's perfect. Cape it's, Man. It's like, trying to save you, Cape Man. It's like, oh gosh. All right. Anyway, um, Scott wakes up from getting knocked out because he was on Jim's shoulder uh, when Jim went flying. So he just decides to kick Phil in the face. I guess. Like, there's no reason for it. He just does it because he's mad. Uh, and then Scarlet Witch calls Normie a murderer, which is really rich coming from her. Like, yes, Venom is a serial killer, but Wanda's really not uh, the one that needs to be throwing stones here. Uh, so then Mainframe, J2, and Spider-Girl are really confused. Mainframe keeps telling the OG Avengers to stand down, which was agreed that he was leading the team earlier. But um, Jim tells Jim slash Tony tells Mainframe that he's listening to a higher power, aka Tony is talking through him, and Tony is listening to himself. <laughs> okay, it, could... if there's a wrestling reference in here, and I'm just not going to do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> It's me, Austin. I was the higher power all along. Oh my god! <laughs> I did. I did tell you to do it. Uh, but anyway, Wanda tries to cast uh, Hex. Uh, Wanda tried to cast the Hex on uh, Spider Girl because May was literally questioning Wanda, questioning uh, the adults on how they were acting, and Wanda got offended. And again. WTF Wanda. Uh, and she winds up hexing Rhodey. Whoops. This causes Tony's computer to explode. Uh, and again, and then I wrote again, and Wanda's calling Normie a murderer. Oops. <laughs> like, she, right. like, just so everyone knows, always practice safe magic. <laughs> um, 
That's pretty funny. So anyway, uh, Rhodey's stuck in a trance uh, and keeps saying this creature must be subdued and keep Spider-Girl off my back. So things are now, you know, very much worse. And this was already a complete ship show. I said ship, uh, but ship show. Uh, it's <laughs> like on bikes. Like this is this is oh. all this is just messy. It's just really messy. Uh so Jim is now super angry and crazed. And when Mainframe tries to check on him, Rhodey blasts through him and yells, Jim Rhodes is dead, murdered by Tony Stark. Oops. That's alarming. Um at uh so then at the fire station, at the fire department nearby, station 28. <laughs> Moose stops by to talk to his dad and they have a heart to heart. And then the fire alarm goes off because our mighty midlife crisis Avengers have caused some trouble. Um, so J2, oh. J2 gets up to Rhodey, pretty angry that Jim blasted mainframe. Jim then says that, you know, Tony Stark murdered him again, which startles J2 because <laughs> you don't just like throw that around. Whoa, yeah like whoa um so j2 asks Rhodey to clarify and Rhodey does say it again as he punches j2 at full force sending j2 flying so brenda then thinks oh i can totally grab this huge juggernaut of a guy in the air and so they both go down <laughs> uh, that's not lady that's not a good idea but I really appreciate Brenda's uh, enthusiasm. Um, good job. Br Brenda's a team player. Um, Scott apologizes to Phil and uses ants to distract Rhodey. Hawkeye tries to subdue the android, but to no avail. Rhodey makes quick work of everything, leaving Normie and Spider-Girl left standing. Spider-Girl says that they need to be smart and run away, and Normie agrees, but pity they're not runners and may agrees to be continued that's right to issue 95 but i guess i get to give my thoughts first <laughs> if if you have them we can save it for later since this is kind of a two-parter but it's yeah um briefly this is a really fun issue um wanda is very looks very uh, much out of like the kurt music uh george perez era of avengers yeah, she's definitely wearing the George Perez uh, outfit. Yes. Um, uh, Hawkeye, he's blind, um, or kind of, or legally blind. Yeah, I guess. that's right. I I forgot to write. So uh, Tony equipped him with special goggles, and that's how he can see the symbiote on Normie. Yes, and then of course Scott. Scott, you know, we've seen Scott several times. Uh, I really like the cover. Um, I feel like th this was very much a Salvi Sima influenced issue, especially when Mainframe blow. <laughs> like when Mainframe gets blown to smithereens, that feels like a big Salvi Sima splash page. You know what I'm talking about? Where like somebody's getting knocked halfway across the room, but in this case, they're getting blown halfway across the room. Well, it's not even across the room; they're getting blown through Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. Um, just big, bombastic, classic Marvel fun. And I, I'm here for it. Like, this is... The, this, this is the definition of old-timers refusing to listen. Like, 
this could be taglined okay boomer which is horrible <laughs> I, I hate that phrase but like it's, it's literally tony's like i had so much fun with my friends during last year's standing so we're gonna take everything over now bye we're not listening to anybody younger than me also yeah. don't, don't look uh don't really look at my friend too closely because uh he's now he's now my iron man but it's roadie <laughs> yeah it's really real that, that part's really weird if just for, for for reference this is like when all-star batman and robin was coming out as well as the other so there was a lot of darkness <laughs> that was occurring in marvel and dc at the this time is, this is honestly the story is morbid like yeah it's one it's one thing for like what we find out in the next issue but like to find out here that Tony has been speaking through Rhodey this whole time and we thought Rhodey was a real person. Right. And now we don't know what happened to Rhodey and we know everyone thinks that Rhodey is human, but clearly something's wrong and he's very clearly like it's not Rhodey. He's being he's being controlled by Tony. And like I said, since this is a person being controlled by another person that supposedly was his friend it's very like i said it's morbid and there's a little bit of like i don't see why tony seems to think this is okay because mm -hmm. it's not <laughs> it's not okay and and he i don't think he thinks it's okay but you know i don't have a very high opinion to tony and tony especially in mc2 has been a bit of a jerk day i mean he is normally yes marvel studios get that's literally the way I feel about this. Neil missed the, uh, missed the reference earlier. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's just I oh gosh I don't know. Um, and she is, but she does wear the belly dancer cost like it's the top part of it. Yeah, of yeah, it, 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 she's definitely wearing the corset element. Uh, yeah. eighty nine was Tony's always been in a midlife crisis. Anyway, the Iron Man movies. I mean, this is this is fair. Tony Stank is is a jerk. So, what do I mean, you think is a jerk? All right, so that yes, because uh, like I said, my my thoughts really here is just Tony is the worst, Normie is a giant jerk, and I hear Tom Hardy's venom whenever Normie speaks. It's hard not to now. It's hard but, not to, but by the way, did you see Norm, the panel? Normie's words? Normie's words uh -huh. like just fit that voice so well <laughs> because he's such an idiot. Right. Did you see that uh, that uh, panel I posted on Twitter? Either I think it was yesterday of Venom and and Ben Riley's. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Th thanks, Don, for doing a caption that. Because uh, right. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So let's go to Spider Girl ninety five. Uh, the info is. Uh, April 2006. It was released February 1st, 2006. And the title is And You Don't Mess Around With Jim. So Normie slash Venom slash Dusk, whatever he wants to be called, and Spider-Girl are still trying to figure out how to stop Rhodey. And Normie slash Venom is starting to get sassy. Which doesn't take much out of Normie. <laughs> it's, it's a very low uh, bar. It's a very low bar. Uh, though he does have a point because May keeps using his real name and, you know, while he's venomy, 
And Normie then says he, you know, so May's like, well, what am I supposed to call you? And Normie goes, I don't know. All the good names are taken, especially the spider-related ones, which is, is very cute. He wants a spider-related name. Um, but, you know, he, he knows he doesn't have to be spider-related because he's symbiotic goo. Like, he's an like he's wearing an alien. Mm -hmm. but, and I wonder if some of the snarkiness is actually the alien coming through, too. No, this is Normie. No. Okay. No. I, re I refuse. Well, I mean, it's a bit of both, but I think that they... I think they gel well with each other. So mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. them being sassy. So anyway, uh, the conversation gets cut short because May needs a hand as she kind of gets jerked around by Rhodey. And Normie tries to come to her rescue, finding a way to jump on Jim's back. And he decides he's going to grow six arms to try to beat Rhodey up. And then he makes a very dark, sarcastic quip about maybe he should turn his fists into machetes which spider girl does not find funny and even you know and even though normie's like whoa chill out it distracts normie um and then roadie uses his laser fist to get him off of him and spider girl then has to go save normie they really are the dream team and a very dynamic duo but i don't mean dynamic i mean dysfunctional um, <laughs> But I, I really do, I really do wish we got more because this is one of my favorite things of all time. Is just this entire scene, uh, definitely, definitely like get get issue ninety five and read it just for them bickering while they're trying to stop this very very powerful android because it's it's funny and I really wish we had more. Uh, meanwhile, Cassie lets Tony rightfully have it because all of this is his fault. <laughs> Cassie asks for a failsafe for Rhodey, which Tony doesn't seem to have for her and doesn't really seem to have a failsafe for Rhodey. And then gets really overdramatic about Rhodey, saying that Rhodey is his greatest success and most tragic failure, which, you know, and then I wrote this again, Tony, this is this is your friend's body. You started using like a proxy robot and there's just something very Jordan Peele get out horror vibes from this. It's not OK. Not OK, not Tony. Sorry. Not OK. So anyway, back with our heroes. Back, back with our heroes. Everyone who got pushed down is finally coming to and shaking, kind of shaking that off. And so everyone rallies together and the Avenger the Avengers are assembled once more again. Now with a Normie Venom like Venom thing and Brenda and and Phil, who I'm pretty sure is very happy about getting to be an Avenger. Losing his mind. <laughs> I mean, you know. Like, it's like I finally made it. Like if we if we got into Phil like like it's like anime eyes with the hard eyes. Yeah, yeah no, he is he's, right now. He is living. He is living for this. Um, so at the abandoned theme park, that is really a government uh, training facility, Whedon is talking to everybody, uh, asking where is Raptor, and then he realizes Kane is missing, and he's like, where, where are where are my people? And then we see Kane in an alleyway in Brooklyn beating up some really confused scryers because they don't even know who Spider-Girl is. She's not on the radar. 
<laughs> and Kane refuses to believe this and just keeps beating him up. <laughs> Snapping their necks, probably, because that's what Kane used to do. And, uh, you know, I mean... But they're, they're, literally, they're sitting here going, why are you doing this? What? Is, what? Why? Uh, well, Oh, I'll get into that in a second. Uh, well, I, I have, I have, we'll talk about it in the review about how he basically is fulfilling his prophecy here. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, maybe if he just didn't beat random people up all the time, you know, we wouldn't be in all this trouble. You know, it's the assassin. <laughs> Anyway. He's a assassin, okay. Oh gosh, I I know, but anyway. So mainframe gets his new body and comes after Jim, trying to talk him down. But Jim is Jim slash Rhodey slash whatever is going on now is still very much in his hex trance, and basically reprograms mainframe so he can't transfer to another body. He literally uses. Well, we don't know what's in him just yet, but. He uses his cyborg android powers to uh, go inside uh, mainframe and stop the Lazarus protocol. So mainframe can't regenerate. At the Avengers compound, Cassie is still trying to get the info from Tony about how to stop his bodyguard. And now Tony has his back turned to the video, uh, video like feed to Cassie for uh, what I assume is just drama, dramatic fashion. Uh, and he tells her about his best friend, Jim Rhodes, and now and how Jim sacrificed himself essentially to be the test subject of one of Tony's experiments, the Nanite Agenda. Tony was going to test it on himself. No, he wasn't. Uh, but Jim beat him to it. And day by day, the Nanites evolved Jim into a robot slash android slash basically not human. Tony admits to Cassie that he can disable the nanites, but the process may kill Jim. Meanwhile, Moose's dad heads out as the fire department has been called due to the fight going on. And as the Avengers are trying to take Rhodey down and at least get him subdued, it's proving really difficult. Tony continues to act super dramatically and talks to himself about what he must do and what his responsibility is as he doesn't actually do it. He just acts like a drama queen for a second. So then <laughs> the Avengers get Rhodey down for a bit. And as Normie tries to remind Spider-Girl that he's still wanted by the Avengers and maybe they should head out, Rhodey wakes up and isn't happy. Clearly. And then he blasts the Avengers and friends, knocking them all down. Uh, but as soon as Spider-Girl and Normie are getting back up, Iron Man makes a fashionably late appearance. He fights Jim and tries to remind him that, you know, he didn't murder Jim Rhodes. That Jim tested the nanites on himself behind Tony's back to protect Tony. Okay. Uh, Jim keeps saying that Tony Stark murdered him and Tony must die. And while Tony can't help but talk back about he didn't murder Jim, but may maybe it's it's his fault a little bit. 
Uh, he realized that Jim is still clear-minded, even if he's stuck saying five phrases. Jim used the nanites to disable Tony's Iron Man suit, and crashes. And Tony crashes to the ground. Jim blasts Iron Man down, and Spider Girl leaps in, using Jim's cape to blind slash confuse Jim, and then uses all her strength to punch him, sending Rhodey flying off the roof. Which Tony doesn't seem to really care about the collateral damage that that will do. You know, but as it almost hits the Station 28 fire engine, Spider-Girl tells Tony she really wasn't worried about roads. Uh, she asks Tony if he has anything to help save the day, and Tony says he does, but he's afraid to use it. It might kill Jem. Spider-Girl takes it and webs down towards Jem as Normie tells Stark that he shouldn't have told Spider-Girl that it could kill somebody. Spider-Girl is begging Rhodey to throw the fight that she really doesn't want, you know, want to use something on him that could hurt him. But Rhodey is still saying his little hex lines and keeps blasting at everything. He even blasts and hits a building and debris falls on a firefighter, which we see is Moose's dad, but May can't see it yet. Um, he was saving innocent bystanders and got caught in Jim and Spider-Girl's crossfire. So Spider Girl loses her focus because she's now worried about the firefighter who just got hurt. Um, and Jim uses this to basically uses her being distracted to get a good hit on her and destroy the device. Tony then puts all the blame on Spider Girl going, why didn't she use it? Why did she hesitate? He literally just told her earlier he didn't want to use it on him. Cool, Tony. Um... <clears throat> Uh, and then Normie decide, you know, basically Normie kind of decides that Tony has to be holding something back, that there has to be a way to still stop Rhodey. And so he puts Tony's head in his symbiotic hands and starts searching Tony's consciousness now that it's shared to see if there's something, anything that can be used to help stop Jim without killing him. As Jim starts to stand over Spider-Girl, Normie's symbiote uh, comes to attach itself to Jim and uses himself as a conduit to literally electrocute Rhodey in hopes of kind of like stopping him slash rebooting him. Rhodey falls and Normie smells his symbiote burning, which sure smell, I'm sure it smelled nice. I feel really bad for Normie. <laughs> feel really bad for Normie. Um, as everyone regroups and Rhodey is seemingly on a stretcher, Tony tries to chastise Spider-Girl because she didn't follow instructions. And I, I wrote, Tony needs to shut up, which Spider-Girl says a bit far nicer than I would have in that situation. Mm -hmm. And as everyone starts to remember that they originally came there to arrest Normie, who is harboring a alien serial killer on him uh normie tells everyone you know raptor's a government agent i'm in her custody and you know it's very nice getting his fiance's you know giving his fiance credit for this she's but, very shocked yeah she's like what? what um but you know even may is like what does he have up his sleeve here like there's he wouldn't be doing this without a plan 
Um, Spider Girl then turns to check on the firefighter who got hurt and finally sees that it's Moose's dad. Meanwhile, in the hidden Scryer Temple, Kane kind of causes his vision to come true, as now the Scryers are asking why would Kane be beating them up and be so worried about this Spider Girl person? Uh, so now they need to uh, get more information on her. Great, Kane. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, to be continued. To uh, yeah, to be continued. All right. Yeah. So, what do you? What are your thoughts on ninety five? So, my thoughts on ninety five are: it was a really good conclusion to this story arc. Um, I it, when I first read this back in the day, I really didn't know the context of why this was a story. But having gone through and now read most of the the you know now all the first volume now, um, and all the ancillary stuff as well, I, I appreciate this issue even more than it was. But beforehand, I just felt like it was just a good old fashioned fun slugfest. Um. Tony is Tony, and this is definitely the time of pre-Civil War Tony. Um, and so it, it's interesting to, to look at it now, because, you know, there's running jokes about Tony Stark being a, stu- a stupid villain. But I really just enjoyed the dynamic of, of May's world playing such a role. And when, we, when I kind of sit back and think about it for a minute, it's really... This was, you know, kind of similarly to the uh, the Fantastic Five story. Mm-hmm. This felt like they were trying to wrap up any and all MC two plot threads, but it didn't feel as heavy handed as the as the Fantastic Five issues. So, I thought this was a lot more subtle. Yeah, I mean, I so I really like. I do feel like it is kind of slightly tying it up, but also kind of. Mm-hmm. As a like nod to this might be the last time we do see some of the Avengers, uh, which it's not, thankfully. Um, but at least that's the way I felt when I first read it, uh, knowing that you know it was going to end in 100 and we were getting so close. But I think for me, like, I really, really wish, like, out of these two issues, that we had gotten more of May and Normie's dysfunctional dynamic, right? Uh, they they make one hell of a team. Like they really, they pretty much carried this whole fight against Rhodey. And, <laughs> I mean, Normie went toe to toe. Normie saved the day almost single-handedly. You could have eliminated Raptor and Goblin and, and probably J lesser extent J2. And it probably would have went the same. Yeah. And that's um, like, look, let's be fair here. <laughs> what did Phil and Brenda do other than just sit back? <laughs> Brenda Brenda tried. She tried. She tried. um, She tried picking up J two in the air. All all Phil got was a sock and a jaw. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's to me they're really funny, and you know, Normie does mean really well. And this is kind of the first time we're seeing like this is why he was holding these things so close to his vest. It's very dramatic fashion because he is his father. He is his father's son after all um and you know it's really a cool thing even if he doesn't do it you know even if he's not necessarily always he's he doesn't do everything in the best way Mm -hmm. uh he's not perfect and you know he especially like right now because like he knows that he's 
he's very confident in what he can do. Mm -hmm. So he gets very, very arrogant. And now that we know, like, you know, he's not evil or doing bad things. He literally is just being this smug jerk. Like I said, like, it's very much like early Peter. Right. Where Peter's, let, let's be clear, there's times where Peter can be really mean as Spider-Man. Yes. Um, and like, the same kid that used to, like, break all the Spider-Man action figures as a kid, like... He probably thinks Spider. He has, you know, subconsciously, he's probably associating Spider-Man with meanness. Well, no, no, no. I think so. I, I really think like this is the thing with Normie is I think, I think he's kind of cut from Peter's cloth a lot. Right. Like they're, they think I think they think really similarly, and then you know he, not that he spent a lot of time with his father, obviously, but you know he he is very much his father's son, and so it's kind of like he's got the good parts of harry and maybe has been influenced by his uncle peter a little too much well P harry and peter were goobers and that's just the way normie is like they're giant dorks yes he's like they're both just giant goobers and that think that they're cool but they're really not <laughs> exactly. and, and never have no and and that's exactly that and that's why i think like i enjoy him kind of feeling himself as venom so right. much because one he, he is very capable at it um but it's just it's so much fun to watch him be this way because like when he prior to all of this when he was the man in the chair right. he was a lot more subdued because he still had a lot of that guilt from what he he did and a lot of like self-hatred but like here whatever he's like doing with the symbiote and this is i think a large part of what the symbiote's doing to him is it's almost bolstering his confidence and it's almost kind of bringing him out a little bit and it's just a lot of fun to see and i i wanted more of that uh i feel like we were robbed a little bit so yeah. this is kind of like one of my favorite stories just because of that like it's just it's not the story underneath it with Rhodey and Tony is very dark and morbid. And like I said, it's really, it's horrific. Like it's, this is horror. This is like psychological, almost body horror. Like this is horrible, but yeah. there's a lot of fun in the fighting and a lot of fun in the story, mostly because of the personalities that we're getting. Um, right. It, it kind of makes it's why I like Spider-Girl so much, because even though we talk about some dark things, there's a lot, you know, there's humor. There's a lot of lightheartedness. It, it doesn't feel dark, even though they, there is a lot of dark elements in this world, like all comics. Exactly. Exactly. There's still a lightness to it. And that's something that I feel like the MC2 was getting right. They were zagging when everybody was zigging especially in this time period of when this was released. It was such a it was such a breath of fresh air for a lot of people. And that was one of the you know one of the talking points, you know, of the Safe Spider-Girl campaign was this is your this is a comic that you can give to a kid and they can they can read it and you feel you're not going to feel uncomfortable with them reading it. Exactly, so, but it it's not it's not written like a you know comic meant for children. It's not the Marvel Age line that was yeah. really 
that was or Marvel Adventures line that was coming out at the time, where it's oh, it's written for kids, so it's kind of dumbed down for the kids. Like exactly. adults, adults and kids could read this very easily. Exactly. Uh, that I think leads us to the final issue of the episode, Shadows from the Past, uh, ninety six. So. Issue 96, I have the breakdown. Uh, cover date of May 9, 2006, released on March 1st of 2006. A lot of uh, releases on the first week of the month. <laughs> and they just happen all yeah. March 1st. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think these were the first week of the month. Um, and if anybody doesn't realize that like March 1st and February 1st are kind of always on the same day of the week, mm-hmm. it is. Unless it's the leap year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, leap year is an exception. So, uh, Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends, Salvi, some of the team that has been doing this the whole time. Uh, our issue opens with May swinging to school when suddenly some razor discs are being hurled at her. She stops them from hitting her or anyone else. Uh, we have a guy that was comically uh, talking to his wife, apparently, on the phone. <laughs> but was like, huh? What's going on? So, um... Anyway, uh, she's like, well, maybe this is something about the Striers. It's a really mean-looking doohickey. Like, maybe this has something to do with it. So, we cut to King, taking more baddies out, demanding more info on the Striers. I will talk more about this in a minute. Uh, Dr. Devil shows up and assists before inquiring why he's so interested. Uh, of course, he's like, uh, what made you think that I was, uh, you know, out hunting the Striers and, and Dark Devil and, and without missing a beat? is like, bro, really? Like, all the bodies that you've left behind. <laughs> You're kidding. Uh, so, good job, Riley. Um, meanwhile, we have Mayday, who kind of circled back around to make sure that uh, there wasn't anything else going on at school. She t- changes into her civilian clothes when she meets up with uh, Courtney and Heather and Jimmy are talking about the situation with Moose's dad. And, and Courtney's very emotional about this. And, uh, She's, you know, obviously uh, uh, trying to update them on the on the situation. I, I wrote Davida and Jimmy, but it was Heather and Jimmy. Sorry. Um, May is feeling guilty, but is interrupted by Coach Flash Thompson, who has been avoiding slattery because, you know, uh, he's worried about his job, uh, as we'll find out in a minute. He asks May if she would reconsider joining back up with the team, but May, of course, due to her spider powers, declines. He also uh, makes a note to tell May to have her give a message to her father that, hey, you know, they need they needs to return his calls and they need to catch up. So, they manages to get to the day, but uh, sort of runs into Brad Miller. Uh, but before that, Slattery eventually catches up with Coach Dobson. He's not particularly enthused. Uh, Megan Brady is watching this at, uh, all at the same time. So, you know, she's kind of going through the day whenever she runs into Brad. Oh, Brad. Brad Miller, her former crush, who we uh, found out is also secretly a bigot. Um, so after ca- you know, briefly catching up with him, she heads out. Uh, she, he asks her out, excuse me, and she kind of brushes him off before Felicity shows up to inform her, uh, inform May of Flash's real intentions. Flash thinks that Slattery is out, going, is out to fire him, and Felicity demand, demands, demands, that Mayday rejoin the team to help her father out. May, of course, still refuses, and she reminds Felicity that she knows why she's refusing, because, you know, she, Felicity, is obviously on the secret. Uh, she decides to then take off under 
Patrol were lamenting about her various quote-unquote failures lately. She's pretty sure still shook up over the visions. So she's still not uh, getting adequate amount of sleep. But May also feels like someone's watching her when suddenly she gets the drop on the scryer. No, she does not get the drop on the scryer. Just kidding. It's Felicity in her scarlet spider costume. Felicity is kind of seeing, due to May's reaction, how stressed out Mayday is, and she's trying to justify saying, hey, I can be Scarlet Spire, I can help you with your patrols, maybe if I take this load off of you, it'll be, you know, I, I just want to help you, because, you know, if I give you a little bit less stress, maybe you'll reconsider. Um, and so, <laughs> May is annoyed by this, because she's like, I'm not rejoining the, foot the basketball team. But then, of course, Scryer really shows up. At first, you know, she's swinging around and, and she her spider sense goes off. He's very taken off guard by her abilities, and it turns out he was the one indeed who threw the dart, uh, the, who threw the discs. But he was truly sent to observe and not to kill. May starts to not hold back, and with that, it gives Scryer an opportunity to not hold back either. Meanwhile, Brenda takes Normie to the Weeden hideout, and Quickwire makes a quick about them about them being criminals and. That Normie is just a trust fund baby. <laughs> the symbiote then kind of shows. I mean, I mean it's kind of true. There is some truth to that. Symbiote then shows him who's boss by holding him up and <laughs> like with a little tiny uh, mouth about to ready to eat him. <laughs> um, kind of like a comical scene. But uh, Nori then puts him down and then discusses, decides to discuss the terms of his enlistment. Basically, he wants to join Whedon's team so that way uh, he can protect Brenda. Meanwhile, Mayday is still fighting Squire. And after she put Webb in his eye, a la Christopher Daniel Barnes from the 1990s show, it looks like she's got the upper hand when Felicity shows up again and immediately gets put into danger. She uses her spider sense and reflexes to respond and boots him into next week. Mayday being the one booting him into next week. She tells him... Felicity just wants to help, okay? Right. Felicity's really trying to be helpful, but it's just not working out. Um, she uh, May tells him tells Scryer that no one is going to die on her watch. However, he warns her of the great battle ahead and tells her that no matter what happens, take you can take this small victory because she did indeed fail in her goal. There would be someone dying tonight, himself, and then he commits ritual suicide. Horrified. Uh, Felicity sobs and is shaking. Mayday takes her home. Mayday, you know, tries to comfort her throughout this, but there's no words. They're both shocked about what just happened. But she decides that she needs to face up some of her own failures, and that she so she decides to go to the hospital. She's nervous, and she's about talking to Moose, thinking that it was Spider Girl that was responsible for what happened, but Moose tells her rightfully so that it's ludicrous to think so, as he's one of NYC's finest, and just like Spider-Girl, he runs towards the danger, not away from it. This, of course, inspires Mayday, and Mayday gives him a big hug and a kiss on his cheek right as Courtney shows up with Jimmy. Now, Courtney's had a little bit of uh, insecurity because Courtney... Uh, She's, she doesn't understand why Moose is opening up to Mayday and not her. And so she's kind of doesn't know how to feel about the situation. So she just kind of walks off. This takes us to our final page, our final scene of the issue where Raza is being informed of what happened in the day's events. For this, 
Instead of wasting another Squire brother, she decides to enlist someone who has a history with the spiders. A man named Roderick Kingsley. The Hobgoblin. Really? <laughs> Sorry. It's the Hobgoblin, though. Like, come on. Jason Philip McIndale in a life from crime. It's not fair. Yeah, yeah. It's Roderick Kingsley, the original and best Hobgoblin. So, Kelly, your uh, your thoughts on this episode, on this issue? Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's nice to see Felicity in, in her uh, costume of choice, even though she really should not be wearing that ever. And I think that because this is this is kind of showing her like this is what can happen. Um, it's a very traumatic, um, very traumatic sight. I mean, literally just watch watch somebody kill themselves and yeah, she, you know. The whole thing with Felicity, she's always kind of thought of this more like a game. It's a very in like it's it's similar. It's a little bit similar to how her mom, you know, approaches things. But her mom does, you know, does Black Cat playfully because that's the character she's kind of portraying to get your guard down. Mm-hmm. It's also a different mechanism. Yeah. Well, but the thing is too is Felicia knows you know, the ins and outs of this business from her, from her dad versus Felicity has been very sheltered by both her parents. And that's because that's something, and we'll get into it in amazing too. But the thing is, is that, you know, you really do get the sense of like, as much as like, she's been upset at their divorce, she really, other than feeling lonely and depressed, you know, mm-hmm. which happen regardless He's never really. They've done everything they can, I think, to protect her and make her feel safe and loved. Right. And you know, she's kind of just been dealing with like teenage angst. Mm -hmm. And here, she's really. She got a real taste because you know she freaked out with Kane too, but Kane Mm -hmm. wasn't. Especially now, Kane wasn't going to hurt her. You know, and Kane wasn't going to hurt May. Oh, and, and, and King wasn't going to hurt somebody, especially in the costume of his dead brother. No, yeah. Like, I mean, the thing is, is that this is her really seeing what, you know, this, what going out at, you know, in these crazy costumes can this, really. I hate you know, using this phrase, but it, it really is apropos uh, the reality slap. Yeah. That's what this is. Uh, and Spider-Man fans know what I'm talking about. Certain Spider-Man fans know what I'm talking about when I use the phrase reality slap. But it really is, in, in the case of Felicity, she now has to face the prospect of life and death. And yeah. it is a game to her. It's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. Well, well, she, I mean, I think the thing is, is like, she's now realizing it. But then too, like, you know just mentally like that's gonna mess you up it's gonna mess anybody up especially a teenager who's never what it seems like has never experienced death before and yeah i mean it's it's horrific but at the same time like you know it this kind of does shape her character and it's needed to help kind of wrap that up because you know felicity's wanted to be may's sidekick 
this whole time. And now, you know, now I think, you know, as we know, she kind of starts uh, rethinking that after this. And right. of course, May is terrified because this is like, what, what, you know, like, this is not okay because it's not, uh, you know, but she's kind of seeing that, you know, the Scryers aren't playing around. Like, they're they're gonna come after her hard and fast because it's it's her life or theirs. Yep. And, and you know she wasn't ready for that. She didn't know. She didn't know that that part of them. So like I think it's more of like this is kind of it's kind of showing you the stakes are high. Yeah, it it does a really good job. This issue does a really good job of really setting up the next four issues. Yeah. Um. The Scryers are a lot of respect and they can easily fall into parody territory. Um, and they have a lot of, they have a lot of samurai qualities. They have a lot of, um, yeah. cult qualities too. Yeah, well, I mean, they're a secret society cult. I mean, that's what they are. I, th I think that, um, having somebody like Ron friends to bounce off of with the Falco. Cause you read, he was the one that did the, 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 the big twist. Obviously I mentioned at the beginning of the episode about how they're not just one man, but a whole secret society. Yeah. And I think that they're now leaning into this. And obviously when we get to amazing and we get to some of the flashbacks that we'll see, there's a big amount of um, history between Kane and Scryers. Um, yeah. And there's there's a reason that Kane is taking this so personally, and it's very subtle here if you don't know the history. But if you do, you understand uh, exactly why Kane is is very worried about about uh, the Scryers and and Osborne and all of that. And so it it's really kind of cool how this story arc is starting to set up a bit of a full circle moment for May and how this all relates so um i just love uh, i loved how they the cover is great uh, i remember seeing this cover and just going nuts i was so excited uh, as a it, it also it's a cover that tells you exactly what's in it it's just in the story yeah, the colors are great. The, the you know, I, 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 last few episodes we really haven't talked about much about the art, but the art at this point, I felt like Ron and and Sal were at. I'm not saying they're at their peak, but they're in their stride, and yeah. I, I can only say that similar comment so many times without it sounding repetitive. So I've tried to avoid saying it. But the artwork here and the storytelling through the artwork is so dynamic and so well done. And I, I just, they, they did a great job uh, setting up the, the, the exhaustion with May in these, in these few issues. And, you know, Kang is kind of coming for a full circle moment, too, because he's like, now you can't be Spider-Girl because, unfortunately, a version of his visions come true <laughs> uh, okay in fairness yeah if he had just you know chilled out and didn't go on a rampage <laughs> um this wouldn't be happening right 
So this is kind of a vision of his own making. Um, but, yeah. and, and let's get into this. Hobgoblin's back. Yeah, Rowdy Rowdy Kings. Yeah, uh, with, uh, this, is, this is a foe that May has not faced and honestly will wind up being, personally to me, her greatest villain. He is what he was in, he becomes what he was intended to be in the 616 mm-hmm. and, and he is I, I, terrifying. I, Not, he is terrifying like um, what he does to her what he terrorizes her with mm-hmm. this time and then through everything else that we see cuz they're they're, they're uh, what what is it they're rivalry i guess is gonna last so this was 2006 and the series ended in 20 i think spider girl the end was 2010 before 2011 yeah 2010 yeah so this is gonna last another four years and i will tell you as basically Kingsley's introduction here sort of justifies the existence of things like Hobgoblin Lives because, you know, other than the Goblins at the Gate story, you don't see much of Kingsley. Kingsley was kind of off the table because Norman was brought back. And so why have a Hobgoblin when you can just have the Green Goblin in a 616? Well, Kingsley was built up as a badass, excuse my language, and then they never did anything with him. And he, with with Spider-Girl, he becomes the, ver- the very best of the Stern Hobgoblin run comes to fruition here in the, in the MC2. And so, uh, yeah, Rowdy Rowdy Kingsley is... Holy crap! He is just—it's just an incredible story, and I remember everybody on the message board freaking out when we saw that cover to ninety-eight mm-hmm. um, of you know Ron Friends drawing the Hobgoblin. There's a reason that he shares as much Hobgoblin <laughs> sketches I mean, on his Facebook page and Catskill Comics and stuff like I that. It's—I mean, the thing is—is is, to me, for most of most of what I know about the Hobgoblin, most of my stuff has been the animated series mm-hmm. and Spider Girl. And to me, you can't. He's he really is the best villain for Mayday, in my opinion. He's a perfect foil, but he's also freaking psychotic, and the stakes are always high when he's around. And Goblin. Should- yeah, and I mean, and too, like, let's be let's be fair here. This series, like, as you know, as much as we we've gone through, I think at this point it was like eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as much as like, sure, it's been eight years in real time that we've kind of worked through. For May's universe, this has only been a school year. Yep, because she doesn't uh, have her birthday until next volume so but but i mean she just had a birthday but the thing is is like we don't 
towards the new school year until amazing this is towards the end of the school year mm -hmm. this this is a lot for a uh, si newly 16 year old girl to yeah. be dealing with or newly 15 yeah 16 because she got her powers at 15 um but yeah it's you know this is a lot for her to kind of almost graduate to a uh a bona fide because you know now like this is most definitely she's in the big leagues i mean she's been she's been in the big leagues she's literally fought gods of scrolls and right, right. Gods. yeah just kick like beat up loki and you know mm -hmm. now she's got the hobgoblin which is one of her father's you know most dangerous foes and and, and it, i think my appreciation for roddy um really started here mm -hmm. i i liked and i enjoy and i love the loved those hobgo those hobgoblin neck episodes for the 90s animated series but that was also Hackendale. <laughs> well too i mean didn't wasn't uh mark hamill did the voice of hobgoblin in the 90s series Yes, and the only reason they did Hobgoblin first was because they already made the toy. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, Hamill did an incredible job. I I, I read, I well, I read it as Hamill's uh, Hobgoblin, yeah. uh, which especially like his like his Joker. But uh, you know, it, it, it kind of leads to Mister Comics' question, which which is my favorite Spider Girl villain. I, I, I would say nobody. Um, if I was to like the list of th uh, top three, nobody, Otto, or not Otto, uh, Lady Hawk, excuse me, and and Hobgoblin. I mean, those would be my three, uh, very easily. And, and I can't put them in a specific order because it would fluctuate. But those are like the three. And, and honorable mention be Black Tarantula. I think is a force of nature. Um, Fabian, we, we talked about our problems with Fabian, but but. Yeah. And every single and once he shows up again, because as as you see, we're tying things up. He's mm -hmm. gonna show up again. Yeah, as as Kelly's internet starts fritzing, she froze. Oh, crazy eight! I forgot crazy eight. Yeah, that we lost Kelly briefly for a minute. Um, while Kelly comes back to us, I can move on to yeah. the emails. Kelly, you back? Am I back? Yes, you're back. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I guess, like, if I'm, do I get to say my villains, or we move? Yeah, you say, say your villains. I didn't. Yeah, now that you're back, I was going to move on to email until you got back. So. Okay. Uh, I mean, my I think my favorite villains are going to be. Uh, I like I like our Goblin Queen, our original Goblin Queen, Alon. Um. Yeah. I I really enjoy Hobgoblin, mm. and um, can can I count uh, the Jersey Devil? Because <laughs> I love cryptids, so. <laughs> I mean, you can. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, no. I mean, really, uh, I would say misery. I love Misery. I think. Yeah, Misery is fun. I mean, Meg has a really good eclectic rogues gallery. Um, it, and it, it's nice to have the, the original characters like you're talking about, Fury and and uh, Nobody and Crazy Eight and Funny Face. 
like they're really eclectic, nice rogues gallery. And then you add things like Hobgoblin and Black Tarantula that are stuff from her father, and it, it just colors it even better. So it, it's not like deliberately making the successors to the various villains. Like, like there's a few that are legacy villains, but not like intentionally. I mean, Allison, another example, Aftershock. Uh, you know, she's a legacy villain, but it there's de- there was definitely a reason for making her a legacy villain. So uh, we could yeah we could spend all night talking about that, but we'll get to our emails. Yeah, Vakeman's is hack mutter, <laughs> uh, and I agree. Uh, no one has villains like Peter and May. So all right, so uh, we have an email from Vakeman. So it says. Hello, Kelly and Zach. I'm starting to run out of superlatives to describe how much I enjoy each new episode of Make My Mayday. The last episode was no different. Your discussion of the girl who fell to Earth was everything it needed to be. It was so well done, I don't know what else to say. But unfortunately, in that same episode, we found out that there are even more pages of Spider-Girl that were missing on Marvel Unlimited. Once again, concerns that those pages may never be restored are still a possibility. As infuriating as this is, it's not the first time that something like this has happened in media. When the MPI home video started releasing the Journey Brett Sherlock Holmes television series on VHS in the 80s, they inadvertently put out several episodes with two to three minutes edited out of them. Himself, he didn't realize this childhood copy was missing footage until he started getting the DVDs in college. The good news is, is that diehard fans eventually convinced them to re-release complete uncut versions of those episodes. If only we could do that with Marvel. Justice for J2. Hashtag. He remembered this time. It might, I know that it might seem impossible, but it's got to be easier trying to fix the mess than his characterology. Who do I use that this week? And oh my goodness. This is not from his email. I used Comixology this week, and it was whew, it was a not a good user experience. That is, whole, that is a whole cluster of insanity, and I would suggest, although it's not Comixology Unlimited, um, mm-hmm. but I was just trying to look at other. If you're going to use digital comics, find another digital comic supplier like Marvel Unlimited, Marvel.com. Yeah. Uh, I think DC.com might still be okay. I, there, yeah. I, I know DC was... I know Marvel was talking about... In comicology. Yeah. Well, the problem is is they're using they're using there as a base. I don't know. I would go on a full rant on this on Spider-Man Experience, but it, it is a... it is a. We talked a little bit about it um, last or last week, but I, and I'll talk about it more next week now that I've actually you know used it and and talk about the user experience. There's some things I liked and there's some things I didn't. I just think that it was a mistake. Um, the rollout, the way it happened was a mistake. Yes, it should have. I think it should have been a series of rollouts with different features uh-huh. each time. That way that they could play around and fix bugs versus like let's do a total overhaul and screw everybody up. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's a whole thing, and I'm briefly to say it. I clicked on a buy to buy something, and then I had to to go back to the, the previous screen. I had to click, like, make three different clicks. The UI is just buggy, and it, everything everything that they used to have when they had it as a separate UI and not integrating it with Kindle was fine. It was easy to use. Everything was. I, it was there was a system, and now they just broke the system for the sake of corporate. Well, 
Too, if I'm not mistaken, that update also prevented a lot of countries from using Comixology, where that used to be their only source for some comics. Yep. Oh, uh, good and job, Amazon. Certain publishers are having issues getting the indie publishers are having a lot more issues getting it published, getting their stuff published on time, and it's just they, there's a lot of indie publishers that are struggling with stuff like with Diamond, uh, and and it's just getting uh, it's bad. But yeah. uh, to finish off his email, he just got one line. He says he thinks he's rambled on enough. Take care of ourselves. And until someone slaps Nomi for being such an idiot for the last couple of issues, make his mayday. Sincerely, Vinkman. Thank you, Vinkman, for the email. As always, uh, when you leave us an email, we appreciate it. Uh, if you want to leave us an email, you can always do so at... Uh, Make mine made it at gmail.com. If you send an email, uh, you can always send us an email for the network at network at gmail.com. Uh, tell us how you like the show, you know, what you like. Tell us what you don't like. We love feedback, good and bad, no different. So you can always also go to r slash spider girl and uh, talk about the latest spider girl stuff. We have also our Discord page. Uh, our Discord is you can find it on the top of spidey-dude.com. Calm. Of course, uh, Kelly, got any other final thoughts you want to preview for ne our next episode? We kind of. Well, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I mostly have as our preview for the next episode. Um, so, you know, we are at the end because the next episode will be the end of volume one slash the, the original 100 issues of Spider Girl. Uh, like I said earlier, we do plan on taking a break between every little volume. Um, so that way there's kind of a bit of a breather for us um kind of prevents us from getting a little not burned out because i could talk about this all day and would prefer it but you know real life ahead and it just it makes a lot of sense to kind of take a little extended breaks between the volumes uh but we do plan to at least come back in april for last planet standing and yeah. start amazing sometime in may but the next episode is 97 through 100 we will get to find out why we both think the Hobgoblin is one of May's deadliest <laughs> foes. Um, yes. We get to see a wedding yep. in the hospital. Uh, and, and a uh, death. Huh? And a death. And a death. And we get to see a goodbye party. Mm -hmm. And... A lot of things, because uh, it is wrapping it up, and yeah. there's a lot of history, I think, that goes in those last four issues as well that we'll get into about the fandom. But since that is going to be our, you know, kind of tying up the original series, we do really, really want to hear from you guys. Uh, we want you guys to share it. We want everything to be super hyped up and, you know, really end this part of of the show with a bang because this has been a year and a half and as much as we've chugged along you know that this is a major thing for for us it's a too. milestone uh yeah. you know uh we're really i mean our season our official i think season finale of of season two uh, of the show it will be uh, the last planet standing but really this is the beginning of that season finale it's kind of a two-parter you know this the end of this volume um I mean, to be honest, to me, it feels like next episode's the season finale, and then like Last Planet Standing is just uh, our little treat for you guys in between our our break. 
And, yeah. and there may be more. We don't know. All right. yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, to be fair, like, you know, if somebody wants to come to us and really wants to do a fan panel, like we tried to do in the beginning, or, yeah. somebody, you know, if we've got an interview or, you know, some, if there's something special that does happen, we will obviously come back. You know, I might do some things on Patreon, um, mm. you know, for you guys. But ultimately, you know, this is going to be the end. We're not going to see the, we're not going to see May's short hair anymore. So, you know. We, the end of the short haired era. Uh, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see it come back, but I don't count that. Um, <laughs> so, but, you know, it's, it, you know, it's the end of her original run, which is the longest running solo female title for Marvel still. It, it was the first to ever get to 100 issues uh-huh. without a renumbering in between. Yeah. And I don't, I believe that's going to be a lot harder with the fact Marvel loves to renumber. Oh, so, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, shots fired. Um, but the thing is, is we do really want to hear from you. We want to see the emails. We want to see a voicemail. Uh, yeah, we'd, love voice- see, yeah, we'd love to see reviews uh you know give us your thoughts you know let's go ahead and you know kind of say goodbye to or it's never really a goodbye you can always reread them but to say goodbye to the original run we'd love to hear from you we'd love to be able to read it on air after we finish issue 100 and really make that next episode special so it's an end of an of the of an era and i We'll tell you it is an end of an era, um, and we are. I can't believe we've gotten here, uh, but it's also been so fast that it's like holy crap, we got here, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it, it, it's it feels like it almost feels like you know when we started, it felt almost like I was. There were times where I was like, "Are we really going to even finish this? Are we going to be able to keep this going?" But we have, and you know, now that we're here. We still have amazing. We still have spectacular Spider Verse. Uh, we have another run of Avengers and Fantastic Five. Yeah. So we're not going anywhere. We still got a lot to cover, and I'm still excited. But you know, this is a major. This is very. This is a very important thing for Mayday. Reaching 100 issues, it's very important for us to have finished the whole series, the whole first half of the series. Yep. And, you know, it's, I think it's something we should definitely celebrate. Yep. And, uh, so I think tentatively we got two weeks, I think is, is the next episode. Yeah. So I, we have it scheduled, I believe for the 10th. Okay. March 10th. Okay. But as it says on the screen, next episode will be Spider-Girl 97 through 100. The extra size quadruple sized 100 and then we'll start uh uh whatever happened to the daughter of spider-man that'll be the that'll first be in may ESG. <laughs> may so yeah because you know it's may the for may yes and may's a, may's a great month i love i love the month of may so 
Um, Mr. Comics will be talking to you soon. Uh, Vigmer, of course, such a great guy. Uh, thank you for all your support that you do. And I do want to also, once again, thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Spidey Dude Network. Vigmer, Scott, Jurgen, Greg, and our two new ones, Phoenician and, and Kylie Kaylee. Uh, Kaylee? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they'll respond to me the next few days. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry if we butchered your name. I, yes. Well, if you've ever listened to any Clone Saga Chronicles episodes, you'll know that I absolutely... I've been doing like a listen-through of, of all the stuff on the network lately and uh, started with CSC. And I butcher names, and so I am sorry. Uh, we've, we've made the jokes on here before. Uh, you know, we don't know English, so... I speak gibberish fluently. But... <laughs> Uh, obviously, thank you. Uh, Patreon.com slash Network. There will be more starting in the month of March. We have our new show. or Well, not really new show, but our new season of our show, Amazing Spider-Man Classics, going to be debuting in March. We have uh, That will be with Javi and his son, Jack. We'll have more Spider-Man experience as we end the Beyond era and begin our season, our season three uh, with the Zeb Wells Ramita Jr. era in April. Uh, so we're wrapping that up. Um, you'll get to hear my thoughts about Ben Riley and Spider-Man and how that's going to go and beyond. Uh, but if you want to listen to uh, Kelly's thoughts on that, you can listen to SpiderManCrawlspace.com uh, in their show. Um, is of course thank you again for all everybody that's that uh comments and participates and send us emails and send us voicemails uh be sure to send us a voicemail at 818-925-6631 i promise i will not pick up like i did that one time with ron friends uh it makes for a great story it's fine it, it does. It does. Uh, 818-925-6631 is the voicemail line. Be sure to tell, give us your name. Tell us, uh, if you like, tell us where you're calling from. And, of course, keep it under three minutes or leave us a second voicemail if you need to finish your point. I will splice them together. Um, of course, we'll have an audio update. We'll have all the audio episodes up very, very soon. I am diligently working on them, but sometimes uh, computers systems don't want to work right because you know they take holidays uh be sure to leave us an apple uh, podcast a spotify podcast uh be sure to rate us on spotify with five stars really would appreciate that it helps uh, people discover the show much easier and then of course you can always pay attention to our social medias spidey dude radio on twitter at spidey dude network on facebook instagram tiktok patreon and then of course make my Mayday on twitter follow us there and we tend to update quite a bit. Of course, you can like, share, and subscribe here on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Network. Thanks again for watching, and thanks again for listening. If you're listening to the audio version, uh, we sincerely appreciate it, and we wish you a good night, and we'll see you next time here on Make My Mayday, a part of the Spidey Dude Radio Network.